Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. Today, I have Gio here, my girl. <laughs> do you ever like like think it's an inside joke when you say your username? Like, Do people call you that? People do. It's really yeah. funny when I get PR that's addressed to Glam Geo NYC, and I'm like, if any of my neighbors see that, they're like, who the heck is she? What does that mean? <laughs> Glam Geo. I Glam Geo, Glam Geo underscore NYC. Like it, you know what I like about it is that it's reminiscent of like an AIM username. Yes. Like there's a little bit of nostalgia that I feel. That's and I it makes me like you more. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've thought about changing it a million times. So I'm so glad that you like it. <laughs> what What would you change it to? Just your name? Probably, yeah. Because when I started it, I didn't really want anyone to know that I had a makeup account because I was a little embarrassed. I was a little shy. So I actually based it off of, do you know Tati Westbrook and how she's like a huge YouTuber? Her name used to be Glam Life Guru. So I stole the glam, added the (laughs) geo, threw in where I lived, NYC. And yeah, what we actually need to start with is, and if you like it, like it. So Gio, what are you liking on the interweb right now? Oh my gosh. Right now I am really into this crochet account. It's called Crochet Treat. And this person makes these incredible, she makes like crochet patterns that you can sell, but she also posts like her own designs. And she made this sick sweater that looks like a spider web. That's how I found her. I love it. It's like a spider web that like comes out into a sweater. So now I just have this whole fantasy about me becoming a crochet girl (laughs) and learning how to crochet and handmaking all of my gifts for everyone from this point forward. But I've bought no materials. I've taken no classes. I haven't sought any knowledge. I just followed her. (laughs) And every time I see a post, I'm like, that's going to be me someday. I can't wait. That's going to be me. It will one day manifesting it. (laughs) You know, I love I love like craft, like art, craft, mm-hmm. art. I don't know. If I do it, it's crafting. But yeah. when the other people do it, it's art. <laughs> I love <laughs> I art that. accounts. Like I love mm-hmm. all of the process that's coming to TikTok and Instagram. Like I love yeah. that that's part of like marketing your business now is showing off the behind the scenes and here's all of the work that went into it. And, yeah, you know, this totally. one sweater took eight hours and – Oh my gosh. And I feel like that always justifies the price more for me too. When I see someone's full process, I'm like, of course that costs $50. Like it took you all day. Right. So I love that. (laughs) Obviously. Right. So there's our little takeaway from if if you like it, like it. Um, If you have a product, please show us the whole process so we pay more for it. (laughs) Well, if you like it, like it. Gio, I want to hear about how you started in this makeup glam NYC world (laughs) what made you jump onto Instagram as someone that didn't want to put your like face out there to everyone and their mother and say this is going to be me yes it's funny because I actually started on YouTube which is very much a putting my face out to everyone and their mother and I had my full name on YouTube so I don't know why 
I decided I had to be more anonymous on Instagram. I think I just felt like less of my friends were like active YouTube mm-hmm. users. So they weren't really going to yes. see me there. And I also hard launched my YouTube channel on my birthday because I felt like nobody could make fun of me on my birthday. <laughs> and they had to be nice to me and they owed me something, you know, like if I posted right. my YouTube channel hard launch on my birthday, that what a great way to wish me a happy birthday. Go watch my YouTube channel. What, yeah, right. <laughs> go, go watch it. Uh, you know what? It's so funny because I feel like your birthday really is such an excuse <laughs> to do whatever it you really want. Is. Like I've sent an, <laughs> I've sent an email on my birthday with the subject line of like, it's my birthday. Open this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I do, Why not? I do what I want. Absolutely. <laughs> I do what I want anyway. So I don't know why I'm pretending so it's just. <laughs> okay. So you launched this on your birthday and what? I did. And then I started my Instagram channel like a couple months later, not that far apart, just because I was posting on YouTube maybe once a week because I was working full time at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have time be posting a lot yeah I I know I feel like you don't know this about me I have worked pretty much exclusively in coffee yeah so I graduated I believe it or not went to college for acting so I have an acting major and a film and media studies minor um so that's what I graduated with and I graduated and was like oh shoot I don't want to act I don't want to audition I don't want to do anything like that I kind of realized that halfway through college, but it was too late to change my major. So I just added the film and media Mm. studies minor. But then I was working in a coffee shop after college, very miserable, very much discovering that I have anxiety for the first time in my early 20s. So I would come home from working my super early shifts at the coffee shop. I'd work from like 5.30 to 1.30. So my sleep Mm -hmm. schedule was all off. I'd come home, nap for a little bit. And then I'd wake up and watch YouTube. And I started watching beauty YouTube videos, like the OGs, like Nikki Tutorials, Patrick Starr, Jackie Ina, like all of those people. And they just made me feel so good. I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even into makeup at the time, but I loved watching them because mm-hmm. they all just had such warm personalities and I loved watching mm-hmm. their creative process. So then I started Mm -hmm. buying a little bit of makeup here and there. I've always been an eyeliner girl. Winged liner has been my staple since I was like 15. So I always had that, but I never tried anything else. So then that got me into experimenting with makeup. And then I kind of knew because this is like the personality that I have. I'm like, if you like it, start doing it and make a career (laughs) out of it. So I knew after like... Two months of watching beauty YouTube videos, I was like, I want to make a YouTube channel too. But I was too nervous. So I recorded like three videos and never posted them because they were too unbearable for me to watch back because (laughs) I was so shy. I could not talk to the camera. My first YouTube video ever is the sweetest thing on earth. I love watching it now because I'm like, you little baby angel. I just want to squeeze you. It's fine. Don't be so nervous. But it's called a not so scary eyeshadow tutorial where I sit there like shaking, being like, so you can put a medium brown in your crease. And I'm like so nervous the whole time. But um, I loved it. I loved doing it. And I just kind of kept going with the YouTube. And then I didn't really take it. Super- that was in 2018. I haven't been giving any years for anything. I posted my first YouTube video in October of 2018. But I didn't start posting super consistently until the beginning of 2020. 
because mm. I got laid off in December of 2019, right before the pandemic. So had wow, a little more time. Right <laughs> yeah, crazy timing. Mm. And that's when I kind of like slowed down. And then I started doing my YouTube more. Mm. And I did not blow up on YouTube. Like my YouTube growth was really slow. So it's not like I was immediately like, oh, this is doing great for me. I'll just focus on this. I just really, really wanted it to. So I started like posting three times a week on YouTube. I was watching YouTubers who made videos about how to be a professional YouTuber, how to be a full-time YouTuber constantly. And it's just so funny because YouTube was my focus for so long. And then like end of 2020, I think is when Instagram started pushing reels. And I was like, okay, I'll post reels here and there. And it wasn't really until 2021 I remember my mom was up visiting. It was in like September of 2021. And I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I just went from having like a thousand followers to like 2,500 followers on Instagram within a few Mm -hmm. months. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this growth is going to keep going. So then I started taking Instagram more seriously and posting more consistently there. And uh, yeah, reels have been great. So At, at what point, like describe the moment or the video where it all clicked, where you were like, I, I understand. I understand what I need to do on Instagram. The growth is coming. It's going to keep on coming. I have it. Yeah. So in I had some experience with virality in 2021, where I experienced my first video to go over 10K views and then 100,000 views. Mm-hmm. And then I think my top one was like 600,000 views. But it hadn't really clicked for me. I just kind of felt like, I was getting lucky with like, you know, either being a popular topic or something. And it wasn't Mm. until 2022 that I had my first viral video that was like my niche, like just made Mm -hmm. sense for me. And it was, I'm so glad it was this because this song is so special to me. You know, (laughs) the song All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah. Somebody once told me. Yeah. So I, yeah, that song is, I love that song. It's very special to me. It used to be my Tinder profile that I knew all of the words to that song. But anyways, that's besides the point. But yeah, I did a tutorial where I was talking about like how my greatest graphic liner tip is confidence. So Mm -hmm. I did, I know there was a trend for a while with the people doing the sum and then there would be like a long pause before the body. So I did the sum of like me breathing deeply. And then on the body, I just like drew a line real quick Mm -hmm. on my eye. And it wasn't perfect, but it was just like, you know, I just did it. I didn't go really slow. I didn't wait a long time. I just did it. And that video did really well. And it has like over 4 million views now. And so I was starting to get followers for people who were interested in graphic liner. Whereas all of my Ah. previous viral videos were eyeshadow or just like a generic makeup adjacent thing. So that was my first graphic liner viral video. Yeah, you're like the graphic liner girly now. Yes, that's my whole thing now. That was a big moment. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know that you've also recently moved into talking more about perfectionism and continuing on this like you can do it and it doesn't have to be prim and proper and pristine and overly processed and and how did you get to that yeah so I feel like with those reels I was just talking about that's always been a message that I've had 
but I just maybe didn't fully know how to communicate it. Like I knew how to communicate the you can do it aspect of it, but I didn't realize that I was so passionate about the you can do it and it doesn't have to be perfect to be good Mm. part of it. Like in my head, I knew that was part of it, but it, it honestly took me getting a lot of comments of people saying that doesn't look right. Like that doesn't match. Your eyeliner doesn't match on both eyes or that doesn't look perfect. You should have done it again to realize that like, I, I don't care. Like that's not why Mm. I do it. And I really only realized how to communicate that to my audience very recently, just because like I said, I think it's always been something that I believed in, but I didn't realize that I wasn't communicating that until I accidentally communicated that. And everyone was (laughs) like, yes, absolutely like we agree yes, that. and I was like oh wow I didn't realize you guys didn't know that I thought that and I think it always happens like that like the platform that you stand on is so close to your face so often that it, it really does take you know putting that message out there and like really throwing some spaghetti at the wall to get that response of that that's it that's exactly what you should be doing. I love this message. And I feel like the audience response to things like that, like it doesn't even need to be big. It doesn't need to be viral. It's because it's vocal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would so much rather have a hundred comments of people saying like, yes, I relate to this and like sharing their story versus like a viral video of people just saying like, pretty, beautiful. Like I really noticed that recently when I used to reply to comments, it was all thank you, heart emoji. Thank you, heart eyes emoji. And like changing up the emoji so that the algorithm doesn't think that I'm spamming anyone. Mm. (laughs) But now I don't even have to do that because all of my responses are more like tailored to that person because that person said something very specific in response to what I said. Right. It's actual connection. Yeah. It almost feels more like I know I've been listening to the podcast a lot lately where you guys talk about (laughs) the importance of dms and building community in the dms and i'm trying to be better about responding to dms but i feel like i build a lot of community in my comments like we have long conversations going back and forth and i've even started like asking questions back like sometimes if somebody just says love this like on a reel of me talking about perfectionism i'll respond and be like i'm so glad that you could resonate with this message i'm so happy to have you a part of my community and like usually then they'll respond back and be like oh my gosh yeah absolutely and sometimes they're not following me and then they'll follow me after that so right (laughs) right i and i think those little things make such a huge difference whether that be you know, responding to someone's reshare in your story and actually typing out like things for sharing or like responding to the the text yeah. that they put on their story or yeah, like you said, that that deeper, deeper connection other than so pretty heart, 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 heart. Like yeah. I'm bored. I'm bored. And that's really that's really the community that we want to foster on this platform. On another note, on an opposite note of community, I know that you've also dealt with a lot of trolling, which I feel like is kind of expected in your 
niche. Like you put out these very interesting, artistic makeup looks. I mean, you're doing, you know, these colorful, crazy colorful graphic eyeliners. That's not what your basic beauty girl is walking down the street with. So how have you handled the negativity? Oh boy. Um, I have handled some of it well, handled some of it not well. (laughs) I definitely... With especially with those the first two reels I was telling you about with the graphic liner with the Smash Mouth song and the with those going really viral, I got a lot of comments of people saying like, "Oh, but it doesn't look good," and Mm -hmm. that just you know initially I was like, "Okay, like that's how I know the reel is doing well." Once you start getting hate comments, that means you're reaching a really large group of people, but it also the ones that made me the most upset and the most like questioning my whole identity were the people saying like, you don't actually have hooded eyes, which was really confusing (laughs) to me. The amount of times I've Googled like eye shape charts after I get those comments (laughs) is embarrassing. And there's been times where I'm like, maybe they are right. Maybe I don't have hooded eyes. Maybe those kids in middle school were bullying me over my eye shape for another reason. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't know what to call them. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh man, I did used to get bullied for having like small eyes and having like no eyelids all the time in middle school. So it's so funny now I get bullied by strangers on the internet saying you don't have hooded eyes. And I'm like, can you go talk to my middle school bullies and tell them right. that? Can we go back in time? But whatever. Can you, but, um, can you please go talk to them? Because I would love, I would love, my inner child would love that. <laughs> I know I would really heal my inner child for sure but um those were the ones that kind of stuck with me because they the ones that more so like I don't really care about the people who said like mm, she's ugly like okay shut up you don't follow <laughs> me I don't care like those those really don't hurt my feelings very much especially when they come from just like random people who I click on their profile and they have no interest in makeup I'm like I'm right. I'm not missing you that's okay but right. the ones I like mean, questioning I, my I, eye shape yeah <laughs> I, and I love that you're so transparent about like, yes, it is, it is hard. Um, and it really does depend on the comment because I, I totally agree. Like, you know, trucker man, five, two, seven, like, I really don't care if you say that I'm cringe. I, I really, yeah. oh, the cringe comments less. are so funny to me. I love yeah. when teenagers tell me I'm cringe. I always respond. Oh. I say, I'm cringe, but I am free. You should try it sometime. <laughs> I will be cringe forever. I hate having, I hate ending up on the side of the algorithm where I have teenage boys. I'm like, how did I end up here? Instagram? I'm filing a complaint because I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) Take me away from this area. You you messed up Instagram. (laughs) I know. Cringe is not an offensive comment to me. If they say I'm cringe, I'm like, okay. I'm doing enough. I'm doing enough to be perceived as cringe. That must be good. <laughs> I'm I'm doing enough. I think you're either cringe or you're boring. Right, right. It's it's a good it's a good mix. <laughs> so the other thing that I think is such a mic drop moment really is that <laughs> you had this video about grunge liner looks. And yes. <laughs> She rolls her eyes. So you had this, you had this reel and TikTok. You posted on both. Okay, just might have. I don't know if I posted it on TikTok, it didn't do well. But (laughs) (laughs) 
So you posted this grunge look and all of the comments were like, this isn't grunge. This isn't grunge. This isn't grunge. And Gio jumps on in her next reel and is so polite, such a freaking ray of sunshine. And is like, you guys said that this wasn't grunge. So I'm going to try again. (laughs) And like totally did this look again. But the... This the full circle moment here is that Meta actually came to us like what a month after that was posted and said, "Hey, we want this this grunge liner look. We actually want to use this in a ton of our ads." And I think it's so funny that you have all of these trolls of the internet that are like, <laughs> "You suck," and you have yeah. Big Dog Meta <laughs> saying that girl that girl is the one that we want. Her artistic ability, her community building ability, she is the epitome of what we want creators to be on this platform. Yeah, that was wild. (laughs) Apparently me and Mark Zuckerberg agree on what grunge is. So that is very (laughs) fulfilling for me. (laughs) So you told me that they wanted that video and I was like, are you kidding me? That is like one of my most trolled on comment sections it has so many comments which is lovely but they're all people being like you don't know what you're talking about you don't even know what grunge (laughs) is and I'm like I use the word loosely I kind of just threw it in for a because it felt felt grungy (laughs) to me but (laughs) so you are on all of these platforms which is your favorite oh my goodness that's tough I mean I think for different reasons, I have different favorites. Like Instagram is my favorite because it's been my most successful. And I feel like I have the broadest community on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like I get to connect with the most people on Instagram. But YouTube is also my favorite because YouTube is like my ride or die folks. Like the people who watch my YouTube videos watch the whole thing most of the time and they leave me really long thoughtful comments I've also recently transitioned my YouTube channel from being like really highly edited editing out every single little pause to just kind of keeping them a little more casual so it feels more like they're different things for me now which Mm -hmm. I really like I feel like I used to treat Instagram and YouTube like very similarly where I'd Mm. I'd post like a tutorial on Instagram and the longer version of the tutorial on YouTube. Ah. Like I'd film the tutorial for YouTube and then clip it up for Instagram. So Mm. like why watch both if they're the same Mm. thing? And now I treat them as very different things. So you know what? I'm convinced that everyone needs a long form platform though, because there's so much short form in the world. Once you get to that point where you're like, okay, I, I've done the thing. I am sick of telling you 30 seconds of my life. I want to tell you more. That that podcast space yeah. and that YouTube space is so like, I mean, the podcast is my favorite too, because you really do get to have the conversations that you, you can't have and the community building that you can't have from a 30 second video. Yeah, I feel like I struggled so much with reels in the beginning, having started on Mm -hmm. YouTube, because I was like, I make 30 minute videos, how am I supposed to clip that into such a short thing? And I felt like my person, it took me a long time to figure out how to let my personality shine through in short form videos. And I feel like I have a better grasp on it now. But with the long form videos, you don't have to worry about how your personality comes through because it's more conversational and it's just like 
it happens more naturally. I don't need to, I don't script out my YouTube videos. You know, I don't necessarily script out all of my Instagram reels, but I do put like bullet points and whatnot. Whereas YouTube, I'm just like, see what happens. What? Just yeah. kind of yeah. freewheeling. <laughs> just going to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in thinking about your biggest takeaways for someone that is trying to find what they're good at online, trying to find their thing. They're confronted with this provide value, provide value, provide value thing all the time. What's your best piece of advice? Um, I mean, I feel like some of the best advice I've gotten from you is to throw spaghetti (laughs) at the wall and to try a lot of different things. Because I notice whenever I get into too much of a routine of posting the same style of videos mm-hmm. over and over again, I inevitably plateau after a couple weeks. It's yes. like clockwork every time. My audience gets so bored when I start doing the same thing. You have to just keep mm-hmm. pivoting and trying new things. And I think people like that variety, you know, as long as you stick within your niche. But you asked me for people who don't maybe know what their niche is yet. I don't know. I got a lot of insight, which is going to sound silly. I got a lot of insight from my troll comments, from my hate comments, because they give me such strong feelings. I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm an HSP. I'm an Enneagram 3. So if that tells you anything, I'm incredibly sensitive. So (laughs) every time I read a hate comment, it like makes my heart beat really fast and makes my hands shake just because I'm Mm -hmm. like, why is somebody having a negative response to me? I don't understand. But having such a strong response to hate comments often teaches me the things that are important to me. So like I got a comment from someone on one of my beginner friendly graphic liner tutorials I posted a couple weeks ago. And they said, ooh, it's so asymmetrical, it makes my brain hurt. And I had Mm -hmm. such a visceral response to that. And the first Mm -hmm. thing I did was type out like five nasty responses and delete all of them before (laughs) posting them because I just, I'm a Virgo, you got to get those out of the way. Just say, okay, get my visceral responses out of the way. But then I like took a second to breathe and realize and I was like, the reason I'm having such a strong response to this is because that is so unimportant to me to have Mm -hmm. my eyeliner be perfect. And I think the reason this is like making me so upset is because I'm like, this person thinks that I was trying to be perfect and I wasn't. And then I was like, oh, wait, but how would they know that? And they're not the only person who's ever left a comment like that for me. And I realized I've gotten lots of comments of people saying, but your eyes don't match, but the eyeliner's not even. So I I made one of my classic, really polite response videos where I blurred (laughs) out their name too. That was a that was a hot tip from my friend Jacqueline to blur out their names. And I just responded really kindly to them. And I acknowledged I said, you know, you're right, my eyeliner did not match. You are totally correct in that. But that's okay with me, because that's not something I'm aiming for. I'm aiming to have fun and to not be focused on being perfect, because graphic liner is fun for me. And it stops being fun as soon as I start being a perfectionist about it. And, you know, I tried to give them some, give them some grace. And at the end of the video, I said, you know, if you're looking for somebody to give you permission to not feel the need to be perfect when you're doing makeup, this is it. I'm giving you permission right now. And that video did really well. Not that it didn't necessarily go viral, but it got a lot of really great responses of people saying that they feel the same way and that they also feel a lot of pressure for their makeup to look perfect and that 
that keeps them from doing it a lot of the time. And especially with graphic liner, like, you know, it's a little, uh, it's lines. So, you know, I feel like when you're blending out eyeshadow, it's a little easier to get away with things not matching. But with graphic liner, it's noticeable, but only if you're really up close. And I feel like that kind of clarified for me that that needs to be a soapbox of mine that one, nobody is going to notice in real life unless they're standing right up next to you. And in which case they're too close, Mm -hmm. please back up. Or (laughs) like, you can just not care. (laughs) You know, I get a lot of people commenting like my eyeliners are sister, my eyes are sisters, not twins. And I was like, yes, I love that message. Like, so that kind of to answer, I answered your question in a really roundabout way. But like, you know, if you're getting hate comments or troll comments and they upset you, I don't know, I guess just try to think about why they upset you because sometimes it'll lead you to one of your to one of your passions. I I absolutely love that because I do the same thing. I whenever I get a hate comment or whenever I have someone say something like that, that might be totally coming from a place of lack or hate, um, that just totally has nothing to do with me a lot of the time I'll find myself trying to like logic my way out of it and I'll be trying to convince them of something like, oh, but here's this new information and this is why I did this and blah, 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 because it's all very intentional. And I think that is such a key piece of that's a soapbox that I will never let go of. Like that is something that brings out my high standards. That's something that I need to stand on and that I need to bring out all the time because clearly I'm so passionate that I'm having this visceral response. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't get that same visceral response when somebody just comments like ugly, I don't like this, like, because those are just easy to brush off. But it's when somebody picks at something that you maybe didn't even realize was so important to you. And that's why it makes you so upset. That helped me a lot. And also, like I said before, throwing if you're not at a place yet where you're getting hate comments, don't worry, you'll get there. We all get there someday. But, you know, yeah. just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying a lot there. of different things. <laughs> I never thought I'd get there. And eventually I got there. But <laughs> this this brought up so many other questions for me. Um, how did you learn to get past some of that perfectionism, not necessarily on your face, because clearly that was like already a skill where you're like, I'm doing this for fun. But with social media, I mean, you said that you were cutting out every dead space on YouTube for a while and overproducing and making sure that you have the, you know, high quality camera happening. And it's X, Y, and Z, you're checking off all the boxes to do the most. How did you step away from that? Yeah, well, Luckily for me, with being a perfectionist, I also got it in my head that I needed to be posting all of the time, like seven (laughs) days a week. So I just did not have the bandwidth to have every single one of those videos be super highly produced. So I started doing some more casual videos, you know, hopping on some trends. And I stopped editing my YouTube videos as much, honestly, just because I didn't have the time. And I noticed that when I stopped, I didn't lose any views and I got more comments of people saying that they liked that I wasn't cutting stuff out. And I kind of realized that I was cutting out a lot of my personality and mm. being focused on the videos being perfect. And when I started mm-hmm. posting more videos, not without a bunch of cuts and everything that kind of allowed my personality to shine through more. And mm-hmm. people liked that. 
like especially I posted a reel the other day that I know you liked the reel of me talking about my eyeliner not being symmetrical because thank you so much but I was talking about my eyeliner not being symmetrical because like I'm expressive when I talk and like my eyeliner is never going to be symmetrical 100% of the time because my face is always moving around I move my eyebrows and whatnot but um I had two versions of that reel a little behind the scenes for you Mm. that was the first time the reel that made it to the final cut was the reel that I just talked all the way through there's no pausing whatsoever like there's no cuts in it whatsoever Mm -hmm. it's just 25 seconds of me talking I had an alternate version that I recorded after the first one that had like six different clips in it I was doing different makeup things to try to hold your attention and to try to be quick and flashy and grabby and at the last second I said this doesn't feel very do less club of me I am (laughs) going to go with the original version that is unedited and this will be my throw spaghetti at the wall we'll just see if it works and I'm glad that I went that with that version because I don't think it would have done as well if I had clipped it a bunch oh and that's such a that's such a pressure of Instagram to have all of the spaces cut off like borderline too much space cut out and to cut out all of your personality and I think that's so important that you know, maybe you do have the cuts, but you're making sure that you're including the little extra bits of you that do make you who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you don't need to re-record. This is me at me, but also me at everyone. You don't need to re-record <laughs> yourself saying the same line 10 times and then watch it back a hundred times to see which one right. you think that you sound right. most likable in. Because it's most With- likely the first time you did it was the most true to you and your personality. Right. <laughs> that, that's so relatable. But how many times did I actually watch over these 12 different clips that are all the same thing, yeah. but slightly different intonation? Yeah, because the more you say it, the more you lose the personality, the more it just starts to sound like sounds and no longer words. (laughs) Dead in the eyes too. That's, that's also my, my cue is like the second I get dead in the eyes, it's. Yeah. Or it looks like you're reading off a script. It feels very like too planned out. Right. Too buttoned up. I want all of my talking. Yeah. I want all of my talking reels to feel like I'm like, Ooh, I just thought of this. Let me send you a video of a thought that I just had like I want my reels to start feeling more like my stories because I'm I'm a story troll I'm so comfortable talking on my Instagram stories and so I've started trying to take that more to reels where it's just like oh I just thought of this let me tell you instead of being like I have a great idea get the notebooks out we'll write a script I'll do it in six different clips and six different lightings and angles and you don't have to do that anymore And I think it's just finding that format where you know the second you think it, that's that's it. I can tag that for later. That's what a reel needs to be. And I think it really does take some practice of, you know, what throughout my day that I'm going about doing, can I tag like that and add into social media? Um, I've had so many people say recently like, I just wish that someone followed me around with a microphone and a camera because I swear I'd have a great social media, but I'm so in the moment that I like forget. I can't, I can't multitask and say, this needs to be as a reel. This needs to be in my content. 
Yeah, even if it's just writing down like something quick about the idea, I think that helps. Like a reel I posted yesterday of my self-care routine, I kind of scripted the day before. Like I just wrote down like my idea about it. And then the day of, I kind of like made it my own. But yeah, even if you can't record it immediately, I feel like you have to write something down in the moment that you have that like passionate moment. Like I feel very Taylor Swift of me, but sometimes I will roll out of bed in the middle of the night and write something down on my notebook because I just had an idea and I don't want to lose it. So <laughs> okay, so you have a notebook, not, a, not your phone though. Do you write down all of your ideas in a notebook? I do. I kind of am all over the place. I have like a note in my phone where I write some ideas, but I've been trying to use more of my mini legal pads because I feel like writing it out helps me more and helps me resonate with it more. I was thinking about that literally last night because I always have the best ideas at like 1030 before I actually fall asleep. And I was like, I'm not opening my phone right now. Like that blue light is going to get me. Yeah, I'll be open my phone. phone to write a note and then I'll be on Instagram for the next 15 no. minutes. So <laughs> Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. So I was literally thinking this last night. I was like, I need a notebook by my bed because yeah, I don't Yeah, you should. To, I don't want to do this. I know. I'll roll out of my bed and my boyfriend's like, oh, you're writing down an idea? And I'm like, yep, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you, like, can we see the notebook? Can you tell us what's inside? Oh, gosh, of course. Here's what I want to know. Like, what do the ideas look like? Like read us the ideas down the list so that we can start to get like, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the glam so. <laughs> way of content creation. Yes. My brain, I apologize. My brain is a little more crass than I am in real life. So you'll, you'll have to bleep my first line because I wrote, fuck perfectionism is a new content pillar. <laughs> um, I would never say that in a reel, but that was my instant passionate thought. I love it. <laughs> and then I wrote underneath trolling the people who love telling me my eyes don't match by doing two different eye looks. And then I kind of wrote out the shots because this was my reel that I did to the Megan Trainer song. Um, so I wrote down like first shot, devilish grin. I didn't end up doing that, <laughs> but that was apparently my you idea. Clearly, you clearly have a film degree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Then I wrote second shot, one eye process, third shot, other eye process, fourth shot, different liners, fifth shot, wink and kiss. I did do that. I did do the wink and kiss. <laughs> He's sassy. Um, I love this so much because this this little reflection piece and writing it all down and getting it out of your head is such a good way of processing who you want to be and how you can build this authentic brand online. Because even though you might not actually go to a reel and be like, my first job that I ever wanted, you can actually pull that into maybe the caption or the vibe or that like, maybe you start doing an advice column or whatever. Yeah. I think it's so great. I think mm -hmm. I'm very big on like, if you have a moment that you feel like is a light bulb moment, even if you don't know what it's going to be yet, you just have to write it down so you don't lose it. Because I used to not write this stuff down and I would always get great ideas and I was falling asleep and I would wake up the next morning like, no, they're gone. I'll never remember them again. Yes. So you got to write it down somewhere. Yes. Yes. So in wrapping this up, I'm actually going to bring back the YouTube conversation because cool. I feel like YouTube is getting a ton of hype lately for not only shorts, but 
for their creator programs and how they actually monetize for creators. Because, I mean, Reels bonuses are a joke. I mean, we all make $160 every month, no matter what. TikTok pays you pennies on the millions <laughs> is what it feels oh my like. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> and YouTube for those big creators um, is kind of printing money for their creators. Tell us your thoughts. Um, have you jumped into shorts? I assume you have. What do you see coming on YouTube? <laughs> um, I have somewhat jumped into shorts. I've done a couple. The thing with shorts that's a little frustrating because I have been in a couple of like calls with YouTube and a bunch of creators they invited to talk about shorts and kind of the thing across the board is people saying like I'm losing followers by posting shorts because my followers are here for long form content and YouTube recommended that they make a separate account for shorts which I kind of felt like it doesn't really feel logical to me I don't want to make a new YouTube account but um it is true from a lot of people I've talked to they said like I stopped posting shorts on YouTube because my followers were annoyed and they were unfollowing because people don't like going to their subscription tab and seeing a bunch of shorts it's not Mm. yeah and it's not very visually nice to look at that way either like I never click on the shorts yeah no um yeah it feels like YouTube hasn't fully figured out the shorts thing yet so I'm kind of like waiting a little longer on that I'll post them here and there like if I feel like I have a helpful tutorial that I want my followers to see Mm. on YouTube then I'll post it and I'll like make a community post saying like hey I know I said I wasn't gonna post a lot of short form on here but I wanted you to see this because I think it's helpful but um yeah the long form I really think is where YouTube thrives I think long form is where YouTube thrives as well but I also think this this makes me think that maybe those shorts are not actually a place to repurpose everything. And it's actually a place to repurpose maybe just the tutorials or just the, you know, soapbox ones. Like, I don't know if it's a place for funny. It's a place for more casual, but not, it's not the same content. I've started to notice people lately on shorts, not teasing the video like necessarily like showing things from the video but almost kind of treating them like stories and like coming on and being like you guys I'm working on this really exciting video I'm gonna post it later in the week I can't wait to hear your feedback and like that I was like oh okay I'll watch that that was fun YouTube has stories but only for a very limited amount of creators I think they have to be their own thing Mm -hmm. they have to be their own thing but I, yeah. I, I do think that YouTube and Pinterest in the new year are your places to double down. I want to get on Pinterest anymore. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on it, but I haven't fully. It's funny because I'm on Pinterest and I get like 60,000 impressions a month and I haven't posted anything on there in a very <laughs> long time. But it's cool that people can still go find those old pins yeah. that I've posted. So I also want to take Pinterest more seriously your episode with was it Isabel Isabel. Diaz was like I I was taking so many notes during that episode I went and followed her immediately I'm like I I want to do what you're doing that is so cool (laughs) well Gio thank you so much for joining us on brand meet creator tell us where we can find you on the YouTube Instagram 
Sweet. Yeah. I am glamgeo underscore NYC on Instagram and TikTok. I'm trying to post on TikTok more right now. I'm doing a lot of repurposed Instagram reels, but (laughs) trying to do more original content on there. And then on YouTube, I'm just Giovanna, G-I-O-V-A-N-N-A. You can find me that way. If you if you type in like graphic liner, I kind of I'm pretty honored. I kind of have the kind of own that keyword on YouTube. You'll find me if you type in graphic liner. So <laughs> thank you so much. And if you love this episode, come hang out with us on Instagram or YouTube for Geo. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>